0: been in this so long we've been around the presence of God so long we forget how good God is he's so good amen his love is so amazing amen amen we're so thankful for what God is doing and we're thankful for all of our our ministers and ministers in training and today we're going to hear from one of our student leaders brother Joseph Ontiveros is going to come and he's going to speak to us amen about how God loves the laws everybody say God bless brother Joe
1: Praise the Lord, everybody. So wonderful when you come into the house and you just feel God's presence. And then you get to see that God is still working in the videos when we saw Carson get the Holy Ghost. That's just something amazing. Thank you, Jesus. It's really overwhelming when you begin to think about it, when you begin to study about it, whenever you... Read the verses, how much God loves people. And that He doesn't care who you are, what you were, what you used to be, what you think you are, uh, He still loves each and every one of us. And so, sort of with that in mind, my whole title for this uh, message that we're going to hear is uh, God Loves the Lost. We're going to start a new series called Jonah and the City. So we're going to be looking through the life of Jonah, the book of Jonah, see what uh, we can learn from him. So uh, we'll go ahead and start. uh, Jonah chapter 1, beginning with verse number 1. And it says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So now if you go ahead and set your Bibles down, we'll go ahead and pray just to ask God would have his way today. Lord, thank you for everything that you're doing in this place, for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives, God. We want your will to be done in this place today, Lord. Have your way in all things. In the name of Jesus, we want you to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So, since we're starting this new series, uh, Jonah and the City, if you've never read the story of Jonah, I encourage you to read it. It's like 48 verses. It's real short. Uh... Go ahead and read it so that we have a little bit of knowledge for the next few Sundays about what's to come. But if you don't know, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little little bit of a rundown. So Jonah was a prophet and we get to hear this little story about him. And it's the story where God gave him a commandment and he decided to go the opposite of what God's will was. You know, Jonah probably did a lot of good works where he followed God's will, where he was obedient. But this is the one story that we get where he didn't really listen all the way. So God speaks to Jonah. And uh, Jonah hears him. God says, go to Nineveh and cry against it. Because I've seen their wickedness. I've seen what they're doing. So Jonah's like, I don't really want to do that. So he just goes away. So he runs. And he goes to Tarshish. Tarshish is just a city. He's like, i got to get as far away. So he pays the fare for the ship. And he's on the ship sailing away. Trying to get away from going the opposite direction of Nineveh. So then... Jonah goes to the bottom of the ship, finds a place to sleep, and he's taking a nap. And then suddenly, a great storm comes, and it starts to stir up that ship. And the captain of the ships comes down, he's like, wake up, you sleeper! What are you doing? He's like, you're sleeping in the middle of the storm. You know, cry unto God that we don't die, that we don't perish. So all the sailors, they all begin to cry to their gods. And so... uh, They're like, man, this storm's just not stopping. What are we going to do? So then they cast lots. They're like, whose fault is it? And the lot lands on Jonah. And so then they just start asking Jonah a lot of questions. You know, who are you? Who's your God? Where are you from? What are you doing? So then he tells them, you know, my name's Jonah. I'm the messenger of the Lord who made the heavens, who made the dry lands and the sea. And they're like, well, what are you doing? And he's like, and he tells them, you know, that I fled from God. So then they're like, well, what should we do to where God is To where God is happy, to where we can make this storm stop? And Jonah says, cast me into the sea. And I think this was sort of a, a selfish thing for Jonah. Jonah was running away, and he's like, how do I stop it? Let me just die. That'll end the storm. So then he, they're like, no, we really don't want to do that. But they end up throwing him overboard anyways. So then Jonah's sinking and sinking, and he's probably thinking, I'm going to die. But then... God sends a great whale and swallows up Jonah. And Jonah's in that whale. And then the storm stops. And then the sailors begin to offer sacrifices and pray and make vows to God. Like, you know, they see that, you know, that is the one true God who makes the heavens and the sea. and He controls the weather. So, now Jonah's in the belly of a whale. And he's in there for about three days and three nights. And he doesn't ever really repent for running away from God he just begins to pray saying that the presence of God is always with him so then God causes the whale to take him to Nineveh and then it spits him back up on dry land so now Jonah's right in front of the city it's right over there and he's like well I'll I'll do what God says I'll deliver the message so Jonah uh, goes to Nineveh and Nineveh, it says that it's six score thousand. If you don't know what that means, it's 120,000 people living in that city. You know how many people live in Radcliffe? It's like 22,000. So it's even double, triple the size. It doesn't even compare to that city. And so that's where Jonah has to preach. Jonah's going through that city. So he gets the message, and the message is 40 days. 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. I think he was sort of happy that that was the message. You know, condemning the people. Forty days and then you're going to be overthrown because of your wickedness. So he's traveling through the city telling the people that. And then uh, God speaks to Jonah. And we're going to go to Jonah chapter uh, 4. Verse number 2 or Jonah speaking to the Lord, and he says, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thou thee of the evil. So Jonah knows that God is merciful him being a prophet you know he has a good relationship with god so he knows the characteristics of god so then jonah finishes up and he goes and sits on a hill he's sitting on the hill waiting for the judgment of god so he's sitting there he's like all right god i preached the message you said you're going to do it now destroy them i got a perfect view on this little hill and so he's sitting there and nothing happens why does nothing happen well Because the people of Nineveh, when they heard what Jonah was saying, they began to repent. The king heard what he was saying, and then he said to the whole city, no one's going to eat anything. We're going to fast and hope that God has mercy on us. And not only us, we're going to fast and not drink any water, but our animals too. So they were real committed. But they didn't know what to do, but that's what they decided to do. We're going to fast. And not even us, not even the animals are going to eat anything for three days. Don't, Don't drink nothing, don't eat nothing. And so God saw that. And he had mercy on them. And so Jonah's just sitting on that hill. Where's the fire and brimstone at? Come on, God. I want to see the show. But none of that ever happens. And so Jonah's sitting on that hill. And then God causes a tree to grow. Give Jonah some shade. And he's like, oh, this is nice. Now I got shade and a view. Okay, cool. So then nothing's happening. So then Jonah falls asleep. And then so God causes a worm to come and it eats the tree and causes the tree to die. So then Jonah wakes up and there's no more shade. And now he's angry at this tree. Like, where did my shade go? So now we're going to go to verse uh, chapter uh, 4, chapter 4, verse 10. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow for which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, where are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? So, God's telling Jonah, you know, you're angry because your tree died, and you're sitting on this hill waiting for people to die. Does the tree matter more than these souls? And Jonah doesn't even realize it. You know, God sent the storm. He sent the whale. He sent the tree to teach Jonah the lesson. Jonah, you're more concerned about yourself. You're more concerned about this tree when there are thousands of people, literally, who don't know their right hand from their left hand. They don't know right from wrong. And you want them to die you're okay with them dying, but not okay with a tree dying. The tree doesn't have a soul, but these people have souls, and you're okay with letting that happen. What? But Jonah Jonah never got it. And I think often we sometimes think like that, where our careers matter more. Maybe it's our actual garden in our front or backyard that we're taking care of. Maybe it's our children's college career that we care more about. And so we're focused on that. We're focused on that. When literally there are people all around us who have souls that we're just basically condemning by not sharing how much God loves them. And they don't know that they're doing wrong. It said like they didn't know their right hand from their left. So if people are growing up not with the Bible read in their house, not with going to church, how can, they, how can we expect them to know or do biblical things to, to know what's morally right? And, you know, my dad is kind of an example of that. I love my dad. He's like my hero, my role model, he's just really cool, and I really wouldn't be, you know, who I am today without my dad. So my dad uh, grew up in New Mexico, and he had a lot of siblings, and then by the time he was 15 years old, he's, both of his parents had passed away. So. Him and all his brothers and sisters, they got all sent to different orphanages. So they were just hanging out with whoever. So my dad was hanging out with the wrong crowd. He was a drug dealer for a while. He was doing all the drugs you can think about. You know, he's told me some stories. You know, some of the people here have heard some of the stories of my dad saying all the stuff he was doing. And it's just crazy. Like, how are you still alive? And so people ask him today, you know, Tony, you're a preacher now. Well, why were you doing those bad things back then? And he says, because no one ever told me not to do them. No one ever told me that it was wrong. So he grew up around the drug dealers who were saying, yeah, smoke this, you know, inject this, drink this. That was the normal. So for the people of Nineveh, if violence was the normal, if someone had something that you wanted, you just take it. If you're hungry, you see some food, you just take it. So they were doing all the wicked things because that was the normal. They didn't know any better. And so God's trying to tell Jonah this. They don't know any better. And it's your job as the prophet to teach them, to teach them the ways to teach them to do right. But even the own, God's own prophet missed it. I don't, I don't think he ever really got it. He missed it. So how often do we do that? How often do we condemn people like that, where we have co-workers, people that we come in contact with that we we don't like. You know, I think we all have someone that we work with that just sort of gets on our last nerves, just like, oh, I can't stand them. Our personalities clash. I'm going to use John Wayne as an example. Me and John are good friends, so nothing I say is personal. So let's just say that John Wayne just really gets on my last nerve. You know, we actually did used to be coworkers together. So John Wayne just gets on my last nerves. He just does everything the wrong way. We have protocol, this, 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 this. And he does it all the way backwards. Just, ugh, he just makes me mad. He's always smiling all the time. He always says those, those dumb dad jokes. Just, ugh, just, just gets to me. I just can't stand it. You know, so we're just like, I want to distance myself away from him. But that's the person God has called us to witness to. Because in Second Peter chapter three, uh, verse nine, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his prophet promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants everyone to hear his message of love. Not just the people we think are worthy. Not just the people that we like. Yeah, John Wayne's my friend, so I'm only going to tell him about the Bible. Hey, John, you know, read this book, and it's just all these promises of God, and you'll be blessed. But then if Kyle's over there, and I don't like Kyle because all he does is wear black, and black is my just worst color. I don't like it. And so I'm just not going to tell him because I don't like him. What? That is still a soul. That is still God's child. He loves Kyle just as much as he loves me. And I think that we sometimes forget that and that we sometimes get that spirit of Jonah where we're just like, I want to do God's will my way. Because he was a prophet, so he was okay with doing God's will. You know, I've prayed that prayer. You know, God, what's your will? You know, I want to do your will. Okay, go speak to the one you don't like. Ooh. (laughs) Look at the time. I uh, I got to go do this and that. I can't. I don't have time for, for him. And that's what Jonah was doing. Jonah was running away from them. Running away from the people of Nineveh. And they didn't know any better. And so the people in our community today, they don't know any better. And so it's our job, even if they get on our last nerve, even if we don't like them, that's who God has called us to. Because... We had a rough past before, and then someone shared God's message with us, and that's how we got here in the church, and that's how we got the Holy Ghost. And then so we try to raise our children in that, and that's when you see people getting the Holy Ghost. That's when you see people getting the Holy Ghost right here. That's because God is still working. God still loves people, and he hasn't forgotten them. He hasn't written them off. He just needs someone who's willing, someone who doesn't have that spirit of Jonah, someone who wants to take the message to whoever, to anywhere they are. I'll show them God's love because God loves them too. And I think, you know, we sort of get this church mentality where it's just like our click. You know, this is us, us and no more. But that's not how it should be. It should be where we're sharing it with everyone. Doesn't matter if we don't like them. Doesn't matter the color of their skin. There should be no racist people here in the church because God is not a racist, God is not prejudiced. So, all these people, all the people in the city of Nineveh, the 120,000 people, Jonah was willing to let die and sometimes we just have that one co-worker that we just don't want to talk to we just have that one person that god give me someone else you want me to share your word with give me someone i like someone who likes the same things i do someone who eats the same food i eat i don't want to talk to them don't you see what they're doing they're doing this and this and this and then god's like, you're missing it you were doing that and that and that i know who you were they just haven't got it yet but then you notice nineveh responded people will respond when it's genuine when we're genuinely sharing god's love with them the people of nineveh responded so those people out there will respond too it may not be right away but god loves them too That is his child. Those are his sons. Those are his daughters. They are our brothers and sisters. That's why we... My brother, my sister. And we just... We overlook that sometimes. We we get distracted on the tree. Jonah was distracted on the tree. Cared more about a tree. So what do we care more about than the souls? What's getting in our way? What's stopping us from God's true potential? Because God wants his kingdom to grow. Brother Ted led the prayer this morning. All souls belong to God. All souls belong to God. It's not just the ones we like. It's the ones we don't like. It's especially the ones we don't like. You know, sometimes we... We think we have to pray or fast before we, we know God's will. And I think that's definitely true with some things, but, you know, sharing our testimony, what God has done in our lives to the co-worker next to us, that's God's will. Because we read it in the verse, that all should come to repentance. Not just our friends, but the Ninevites, the Radcliffeites, if you will. The people out there. That is the harvest. That is who we're called to win. So in closing, you know, God loves the lost. He loves everyone, not just us. And sometimes we just we forget that. It's so simple. But we're just like, the trees matter more than the souls, than the people. And those people have names. They could be a John Wayne out there that you, you don't like. But that's who you're called to win. A Susie, a Becca, a David, whatever their name is. That's who we're called to. And so, God's always around. And if this is your first time here, then I'll be the one to tell you that God loves you. He loves everyone. Even if this is your first time here, the first time that you're hearing this, Jesus still loves you. And He's that that heavenly father that's always going to be around he's not the the deadbeat dad that kind of just left you know who's not around but god is always around we may not always see him but we can call on his name and we can feel his presence we can feel his love surrounding us and so god is merciful and he is gracious and he offered grace to the people of Nineveh and he's offering grace today so if we could all stand God has a plan for everyone's life not just us but the people we don't like the Ninevites and it all starts here at this altar where if we are like Jonah we can pray that we don't have the spirit of Jonah anymore saying I don't want the people I don't like to hear God's word but anyone because God loves everyone all the souls matter to God all the souls belong to God those are his sons and his children they just haven't heard the message yet they just don't know of God's love yet so if you have the Holy Ghost I ask that God would help you to love that person that you hate or you strongly dislike whatever you want to call it we don't want to, to sure coat it we all, know, we all know who that person is it just gets on our nerves. Or if this is your first time here, you know God loves you and he's offering you forgiveness as well. You just have to repent. And what is repentance? Repentance is when you come and say God, I'm sorry for doing wicked and evil things. Sometimes God'll bring stuff to your memory and you'll be like, "Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that." And then you ask God to forgive you of those things and you never go back to them ever again you put them behind you, never going back. And that's the first step to walking with Jesus. When you put Jesus in front of you and you want God's will to be your will, to do what he wants, to have that Christ mind where all the souls matter, all the lives matter. That's what we need. So this altar is open today. Will you come and pray? to dry bones come alive come alive we call out to dead hearts come alive come alive above the ashes let us see an army
0: rise
1: we call out to dry bones come alive and we call out to dry bones come alive Come alive We call out to dead hearts. Come alive. Come alive.
0: God to do something in your life. something that you've never seen before. I'm going to tell you what happens whenever we have God's passion for people. When we have God's passion for people. We are going to have uh, encounters that are going to change our lives. How many of you have ever talked to somebody and you've seen, you've you've actually felt their hurt, you've seen their pain? You know what I'm talking about? Amen. God is really, really trying to mobilize this church. We prayed about this series for for quite a while. Uh, We had planned to do it earlier in the year, and we we just really felt like this was going to be the right time to do it. And so we focus on the month of August. I'm going to ask you to do just a couple things. I want you to read through the book of Jonah. It's four chapters. Like I said, it's not very long. Read through the book of Jonah a couple times this week. And I want you to pray that God gives you some insight, that God speaks into your heart. Because sometimes we can preach and teach things here, but you get more out of it when God speaks it directly into your heart. So I want you to do that because we're going to be focused on Jonah the whole month, all right? But there's so much. There's so much here. And it's very, very important that we, we get what Brother uh, Antoveros was telling us today. It's not about our comfort. It's not about what we want. It's not about what we think God should do. God says, look, I want you to reach the lost. I want you to reach for them. They don't know any better. I've told you about this little girl. I didn't tell you her name was Nevea. Sounds kind of like Nineveh, doesn't it? As I prayed this week, God said, that's what I want the people in the church to get a hold of. That it's not about us. It's not about what we want or what we think God should do. But it's about how I want to turn their worlds upside down. And God wants to, ch- I'm telling you, God wants to do something spectacular this fall. He, he wants to do something amazing. We, we've got people that they don't know their right hand from their left hand. They don't know what's right and What's wrong? And so they do all kinds of crazy stuff. Those of you that you've spent time in the school system, you've seen it in the kids. Amen. We've, we've got some people that deal with the public on a daily basis. You know, this community, we've got a lot of people that mom and dad wasn't around. Or, or if they were around, they didn't. They were, they, they were not good parents. And they did not teach them right from wrong. And there's no fear of God. There's no fear of authority. And that's the kind of society we live in. And we can sit back like John and say, God, just blast them all to hell. Or we can say, you know what? Maybe it's our job to tell them, hey, God's coming soon. we got to get ready. Amen. If you don't know what's right, we can help you find out what's right in the Word of God. Amen. And give them a chance. Just give them a shot. Amen. I don't know about you, but I, I, I watched a thing not too long ago, and I, I shared it with some of you guys. About the the the, the atheist. How many of you remember that that video that I showed about the atheist? And he said, he said, you know, I don't really believe in God. He said, but if I did, he said, how much would you have to hate somebody not to tell them that there's eternity coming? How much would you have to hate somebody? And that has always stuck with me. It's like I don't hate anybody that much. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. So in order for that not to happen amen I've got to make myself available and say God here I am send me amen so I want you to do that this week read through the book of Jonah and we are going to I promise you before the month is over we are going to have a clear plan of action of how we are going to reach this city we're going to do it I know some of you are like oh God here we go again no we're we're going to do it God is going to help us reach our city amen and you're going to be a part of it I don't want to be a part of it. Okay, Jonah, wake up. Wake up. Amen. Jonah's sleeping. You know why Jonah's sleeping? You know why Jonah could sleep? Do you know why Jonah could sleep? Does anybody know why Jonah could sleep? Because he knew that God had a purpose and a plan for his life. It's kind of the same reason why I can sleep on an airplane. And other people around me are freaking out because turbulence. I'm like, hey, God's not done with me yet. Jonah could sleep because he's like, this storm ain't going to kill me. And he's like, you know what? I would rather die than do what God has asked me to do. Some of you feel like that too. Shame on you. But that's how you feel. I'd rather die. I'd rather God just take me out than than me have to go talk to somebody or me have to share Jesus with somebody. And you know what? Jonah said, throw me overboard. Man, it was all stormy and crazy. And just all went away. God said, oh, you think that's funny? Watch this. Come on, quit playing chicken with God. You know God's got a purpose and a plan for you, even if he has to send a big fish to swallow you up. I mean, how ridiculous is that? I have people all the time tell me, "How can you serve a God that would kill all those people in the flood and blah blah blah?" blah. I said, "Because it's the same God that would send a big fish to swallow a man that's supposed to go tell a whole city." Come on now. That's the kind of God we serve. He said, these people don't know any better. The people that were in the the flood, they knew better, and they still didn't do it. But these people, they didn't know any better, so God said, I'm going to give them a chance. And guess what? They took it. Amen. God's going to do something awesome this fall. I'm so excited about what God's doing. I have felt so many confirmations over this week about what Brother Joe spoke to us about today and what God's going to do. I want you to be a part of it. Amen. I can't make you. I can't twist your arm. I couldn't pay you enough. Amen. But I can encourage you. You are going to have a life-changing experience if you'll just go along for the ride and let God use you this fall. Amen. God's going to do some incredible things. Our ushers are getting ready to come. Amen. And I'm going to ask you, if you would, to take just a moment and pull your connection cards out again and uh, start filling out those connection cards. We have some really important things going on (laughs) over the next few weeks. Uh, we are going to have a couple quick announcements here at the end uh, as our ushers get ready. But fill out, finish filling out those connection cards. We want you to do a couple things today. If you have a prayer request or praise report, put that in the box that's provided. If you have not yet, please get signed up for a Thursday growth group. Those start this coming Thursday. We start a brand new term this Thursday, and that will start at 7 o'clock p.m., and that will go until 7.30, and then at 7.30 we'll have our business meeting. Uh, for those of you that aren't aware we have kind of put off having our business meeting until now because of uh, the, the structure and what we're going to do we now have a couple uh, one bid that's coming in uh, one bid that's come in we have another bid that's coming in um, and we have some some options that we need to discuss with everybody so we need <clears throat> as many of you as can to be here on Thursday 7:30. and as we're doing that don't let don't let your passion for what God is doing slide. Man, this this, this chaotic trust situation has kind of taken our, our focus and got it a little bit messed up this year, but we're going to get back to what it's all about. Amen, what God loves. God loves the lost, and he wants to reach them. So if you have your connection cards as the ushers uh, get ready, they're going to come around. Brother Dunnett's going to uh, take, receive our tithes and offerings. And uh, if you are a first-time guest with us, please stop back by the, the booth here and say hi to myself and my wife. Before you leave, we would just like to thank you for coming and give you a gift. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. Praise the Lord, everyone. That's the first Sunday of the month, so we remind you about your giving to missions today. So if you would, please uh, give to that cause. Mark that box, missions. Uh, you can put it in an envelope today. You can send it back. Uh, however you need to do it, cash check. Uh, also, you can give online, and you can give back at the kiosk. Uh, If you want to use your card, the kiosk is the fastest way. Uh, Alrighty, Uh, ushers, go ahead and receive the offering. And uh, John Wayne already gave the testimony for the giving talk today. Uh, So,